This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, so this week's Pasha, Pasha's Vayichi. So Pasha's Vayichi is the last Pasha in the book of Horatius. Everybody screams in shul at the end of davening, at the end of the laning, right? I don't know if you'll be there, but it's Shabbos Chazak. It's a nice Shabbos to be there. I think it's supposed to be a beautiful day. Maybe not so beautiful. Well, yeah, something like that. Anyway, so we're going to talk about this last Pasha. The last Pasha is a capsule of the whole book of Beratius. But we're going to start off with, with, with Vayichi. So I'm a Kayan. So if anyone needs an opinion, I've been. Who's watching? You can call me. No problem. Um, I'm a little dangerous as a Kayan for opinion I've been. Because at the opinion I've been, they... Um, the, the client owns the baby until the father pays for it. And the, the client always asks, it's very, just tell you very interesting thing about Torah before I start tonight. So if you've ever been to Opinion Aben, so the baby is in the Rishus of, of Kadosh, of, of the Beis Hamidia show to say, till he's 30 days old. Then we allow the parents of the first child to redeem him for five shekels, for five silver dollars. So while we do this, the coin asks the father, what do you, what would you rather have? The five dollars keep it or your son? Now, unless the kid's really colicker, this is their first child, they're not giving him up, right? And what coin is going to take the kid? So I'm, I don't get this job very often because everyone knows that I, I have five daughters. I don't have any boys. So if you don't want the kid, Here's the guy that's going to keep him. So they're like, don't start with Wallerstein. He doesn't have his own boys. Don't, you know, he's like the wrong kind. But the, but the question, the real, the serious question is that what, isn't that a silly question to ask a father? He just had this child. It's his first child. And you're asking him, what would you rather have? Five bucks? Well, it's silver dollars. Each one's worth around $20. Would you, would you want a hundred dollars or your kid? Of course he's going to say my kid. So why are you asking him a nonsense question if you know what his answer is? So the terrorist is a very beautiful answer. Because this is the first child that they have. The father has to say in public, so that he hears it himself, I want my child more than my money. So that he gets it into his being, that when it comes to working, and working on Sunday, and working late, and not giving his kids attention, because I make a living, I gotta support the family, I gotta pay the bills. One second! Once upon a time, there was a cayenne! Who asked you, what do you want more, your kids or your money? And you made a big announcement in front of everyone at the opinion I've been that my child is more important to me. So we know what the answer is, but we want him to know what the answer is. We want him to say it so that he hears it. Why I'm telling you about opinion I've been tonight, I have no idea. But anyway, it's an interesting thing that I come across every time I do opinion I've been. And, and, and I speak about it. I say the father, it, of course, everyone's laughing. Like, what do you want more, 100 bucks or your kid, Right. Of course, at the Bar Mitzvah, we don't make this offer. Because <laughs> they might give all their 13-year-olds to the Kayan. So it only works by the pig I've been when he's still a little teeny cutie guy. At the Bar Mitzvah, we don't offer this. At the wedding, we don't offer this. Like, what do you want more? Like, your son or $50? Like, are you kidding me? I'll give it to you for free. But, okay. But we don't, we only have that by a pig I've been. Okay. But in, in, a, in a serious vein. So, so I'm a Kayan. Oh, that's how we got there. And so Kayan gets the first Aliyah. We get called up, the first Aliyah in the Torah. This week's parasha, like, I got called up on Monday, 
And the Balkaira, the one who reads it, was five minutes till he could find the word Vayechi. Why? Because normally, there's a separation, if you look at a Sefer Taira, between the end of one parasha and the beginning of another parasha, there's a separation. So, at the end of Bereshis, you don't have to look for Noach. Because there's a space. You right away see that Noach is starting. Not this week. Vayechi is a parsha stuma. It's a closed parsha, which means that there's no separation between the last word of Ayigash and the first word of Vayechi. So it's very hard to find the word Vayechi because it's, it's with all the other words. So there's no separation. Why isn't it separated? Why isn't there a space? So Rashi gives a reason. Some of Rashi give a reason. Kisosam. Yaakov wanted to tell his children when Mashiach was going to come and Hashem took away that nevuah, he lost his nevuah. Hashem does not want us to know the day Mashiach is going to come. We know Mashiach is going to come, so first of all, we won't sing we want Mashiach now because we know he's coming later. So that song would have gone out the window. But that's not the reason. The reason is you know Mashiach is going to come, so you're going to sin till the day before. And the day before, you'll do tshuva. You'll party till the day before Mashiach, and then you'll do tshuva. So you can't know when Mashiach is going to come. So he wanted to tell his kids because if you're working and you're a slave... When you know when you're going to get out, it makes it easier to get through the hard times. So he wanted to tell us, but Hashem did not let. So Sosam, he closed his Ruach HaKodesh. He lost his Ruach HaKodesh. That's one of the reasons it's given. Also, the Gullah started at that time. So the Gullah started. Also, their eyes were sort of closed. But I want to go in a little bit of a different direction. So the actual word that's out of place is not the last word of last week's Pasha. It ended where it's supposed to. Vayichi was supposed to be moved over a space. So the word that's out of place is the word Vayichi. Not the word Ma'od. The last word is Ma'od. Ma'od is in its right place. The word Vayichi... Oh, thank you. We haven't seen you in a long time. I know. We miss you. you thank you for my water. For Darabah. You take care of my camels later? Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, that's my Rifka. That's my Rifka law. She's not Rifka, but she's like Rifka. She, for many years, brought me water, and then all of a sudden, she stopped, and I thought she had some other rabbi she was bringing water to. So, Baruch Hashem, she's back. We're, we're very happy to have you back. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Not only that, I have to tell you something about this young lady, this Sadeka stuff. So... One day, I'm sitting in, in my, or Yitzchak, Tuesday night, I give a share for boys. This guy comes walking, he goes, there's a girl outside. There's a girl outside, doesn't she know there's a boy's yeshiva? They go, yeah, but she just wanted to make sure that you, that you know who gave this to you, and he puts down a bottle of water. So she used to come, she used to come Tuesday night to the boy's share, and give the water to a boy to bring to me. Metz Hashem. Metz Hashem, Hashem will pay you back. Careful, Kiflam. She told me tonight, she was bringing me water. But you don't know when she gives a bracha. Look what's going on outside. You didn't have to get crazy. You didn't have to get crazy. I mean, water's water, but hello. You know, whole New York didn't have to suffer. Anyway. Thank you very much. So, so the word that's out of place is the word vayichi. Vayichi should have been spaced further away, but it was very close to the mo'od. So I don't, I don't know if you remember, I spoke a few weeks ago about the Gilgal uh, by Yosef when he had the whole fight with Potiphar's wife. That Yaakov was a Gilgal of who? Of Adam. And Yaakov lived, he lived 147 years. 130 years he told Paro were miserable. He, Dina, and he lost Rachel, and, and Yosef, and Esav, and Lavan, 
And now, the last 17 years, he was very comfortable. So 130 years were miserable, and 17 years he was very comfortable. I don't know if I gave this in the girl's share. I know I gave this in the boy's share. For 130 years, Adam was separated from Chava. After she gave him to eat from the tree, he was very upset that she caused him meat, uh, this Avera. So he separated from her for 130 years. And he was punished for that. It was wrong. He was punished for that. So the 130 years that he suffered with everything that happened to him in his life was a punishment for the 130 years that he separated from Chava. So after he did his 130 years, right, because it started when he was a kid. He was born with Esau together. So at birth, his service began. He was born with Esau. So he spent 130 years. Hashem said, you did your tikkun. You fixed what Adam did. You are, you're a Gilgal of Adam. You did your tikkun. So now, you can have 17 quiet years. So now listen to this. Amazing. If you take the last word of Pasha's um, Vayigash, and you connect it to the first two words of Pasha's Vayichi, what do you have? Ma'od, because they're connected. They're supposed to be separated. Ma'od, Vayichi, Yaakov. If you take the word Ma'od, Mem, Aleph, Dalid, and you mix up the letters drop, it spells Adam. So really, when you put them together, it says, Adam, Vayichi, Yaakov. Adam lived through Yaakov. That's how we know that Yaakov was a Gilgal of Adam. And he lived 147 years. 130 years he suffered. And the last 17 years he didn't suffer. Very interesting. The 17 years that he lived in Mitzrayim, it doesn't say anything about it. He came down. He saw Paro. I had a miserable life. And the next thing you know, Yosef is coming to get benched by his father because his father is dying. 17 years, did he go to shul, did he go to minion, did he, did anything happen, did he speak to his kids? The terrorist says nothing about it. It says, came down to Mitzrayim, and next thing he's dying. Why? To teach us that the good years, the terrorist is not here to tell you a story. If it was telling me a story, you gotta tell me from when he was born to when he died, every single year, what happened? The terrorist, I'm not here to tell you a story. I'm here to you, I'm here for you to learn something from the Torah. The 17 years that Yaakov had good years, there's nothing to learn from that. Therefore, it doesn't talk about it. The learning is from the pain. No pain, no gain. So the 17 years, he had good years, the Torah doesn't say one detail. Then he went to shul, now he talked to his kids, nothing. Same thing by Avram Avinu. It says, after the Akedah, um, Avram was Zakein, Hashem Berach, Hashem gave him everything for the rest of his life was quiet. All we know about Avram after that Kedas Yitzchak, that he buried Sarah, and after that all we know is that when Esav came and he said, give me from the red lentil soup, Rashi says, why was Yitzchak cooking lentil soup? Because Avram just died, and this was the Seuda after the funeral. Otherwise we would not know that Avram is in the Torah anymore. How can the Torah just stop talking about Avram? Same thing. He got old and he had everything. So all those years that he had everything and he wasn't struggling and he wasn't going through pain, there's no reason to talk about it. And that's why I always tell you that the whole Torah is full of struggle. All the things that are written in the Torah is full of struggle because that's where, that's where you get your lessons from. You get your lessons in life from the struggling. Sure, we want to go to Florida and we want life and we want to retire and we want, right? And we want everything to be good, but there's nothing to learn from that. That's good and it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But there's nothing to learn from that. So over here, 
Vayichi Yaakov, right, is a, is a stuma, is connected to Vayigash, because, this is the translation that I heard, because it's to teach us that Vayichi, that life, is a stuma. Life is something that we do not understand. And, you know, these atheists that I deal with, they want to understand everything. But, but they don't want to understand when they take a Tylenol and they have a headache, how the Tylenol takes away the headache. You just know that if I take a, if I have a headache and I take a Tylenol, Tylenol, did anyone go to medical school? No. Ma, I'm not taking Tylenol no more. And I'm not taking antibiotics until I go to medical school. I know the human anatomy. Then I go to pharmacy school and I know how the drugs work. Who says that? But how do you know there's a God? Because I don't understand how he did this and how he did that. Everybody says. It's just an excuse. If you believe that it works, then you're not interested in how it works. I know that it works. I know there's a world. I know there's rain. Why does rain come from the sky? It doesn't come from the ground. No, you know, I need to know. Why should I make rain from the sky, not from the ground? I need to know why. Don't tell me how it works. Nature makes it happen. But why? So that, so that, so that means that you're just asking questions because you don't want God to be in your life for whatever reason that is. For whatever reason that is. So the Torah is telling us, listen to me carefully. Vayechi, that word is out of place. It's moved all the way over to Ma'od. A lot of life. But Vayechi is stuma. You have to accept that Vayechi, that life, is something that's hidden. If you really want to know why Hashem does things, then you have to die. And you have to go to Shemayim, and I'm sure he'll be glad to tell you. But on this world, you cannot know everything. Because, as a physical being, that knowledge you cannot handle. That's why it says, by the Hashem said, if you want to know why I did it, I'm going to turn the whole world into Toyo So they asked, the Malachim said, by the Malachim said to Hashem, this is when they, when they killed Rabbi Shmuel Kain Gadol. They said, this is Torah, and this is how you pay back. They raked him, they peeled his skin off his face. Right? So I'll say it, I'll say it at the end of the show. Um, I'm just the whole well, okay. It'll, okay. osmosis. It'll come through osmosis. Anyway, you did it, so you were, you were, you did it for them. So, Mirza Hashem. Okay, so I will say it afterwards in Mirza Hashem. So, so, where was I? Right, so, so, that's how I read Malchus. So, Yeshua Kohen Godel, he peeled his skin off his face. Because he was a Gilgal of Yosef, right? So when he died, when his neshama went out, when they went to the place of his tefillin, the neshama went out, the malachim couldn't handle it anymore. So they went to Hashem and they said, This is how you reward a tzaddik? They asked him a question. I don't understand. How could you do this to him? So Hashem answered, If I hear another word from you, angels, I will destroy the world. Now, God loves the Jewish nation, but I don't know if God's a Jew. A Jew answers a question with a question. They asked him a question. Why did you do this? And Hashem answered, if you say another word, I'll destroy the world. You didn't answer the question. We asked you a question, and now you came back and threatened us. We asked you a question. Malachim said, Hashem, how could you do this to such a tzaddik? And your answer to us is, if you ask me another question, I'm destroying the world. What kind of answer is that? So Chazal says something unbelievable. Chazal says that was the answer. Hashem said, if you want, if you ask me another question, and you want to know how this could happen to Shmuel and Gadol, I have to go back to the beginning of the world. You have to see the whole story. 
You have to see from the beginning of the world, all the Gulgulim, all the Tikkunim. I have to go back to the beginning of the world and show you from there till the end of the world. Then you'll have your answer. So we answered the Malachim. He said, you, if you say another word and you ask me again, you want me to answer? I'll answer. i got to go all the way back to Toyo All the way back to Bereshus. Because life is stuma. Life is closed. It's a long story. And you've got to be able to see the whole story. And since we can't see the whole story, it's stuma. And, and this parsha, Parsha's Vayechi, is the greatest example of a parsha stuma. Why? And I've said this before, but it's getting more and more important, this message. The end of a, a book summarizes the whole book. It doesn't say something totally random if you're reading a book. The end of every book in the Torah, Bereshit, Shemot, Vayikra, Vamidboy, Devarim, to the last Pasuk is a capsule of everything else that happened. So the end of Bereshit, creation of the world, Noach's Teva, um, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Akedas, Yitzchak, everything that everybody went through, Mitzrayim, right? All, so now we're coming to this last Pasuk. This last Pasuk should encapsulate everything. So what does the last Pasuk say? Vayamas Yosef, Yosef died, Ben Meyav Esther Shanim, he was 110 years, Vayichantu also, they mummified him, nice, Vayisim Ba'aron, they put him in a coffin, Vimitrayim, Imitrayim. That's it. End of the Pasuk. Everyone screams, yeah! He died, they mummified him, put him in a coffin, buried him in Mitzrayim, and all the men get up in shul, Chazak, Chazak, with this Chazak, you should be strong. What a great Pasuk. What a downer. Probably the worst Pasuk in the whole book of Horatius. And by the way, it never, and anyone that ever died from the beginning of Tanakh to the end, it never said they put him in a coffin. It doesn't say they put Avram in a coffin. It doesn't say they put Yitzhak in a coffin. They put Yaakov in a coffin. Moshe Rabbeinu for sure didn't go in a coffin. We don't know where he's buried. Nobody was put in a coffin. All of a sudden, by Yosef Atzadik, the Pasuk is giving us a little detail about the funeral. He died, they mummified him, and they put him in a coffin. Why are you telling me that? And why, why are you ending the whole parasha with this Pasuk? So I think we need to get into the psyche a little bit of Yosef Atzadik. I spoke to my seminary girls about this today. He was, he was an impossible person. Going back to the shiurim that I spoke about before, he's looking for his brothers. The malach says to him, you look lost. Matavakesh, what do you want? Not what are you looking for, but what do you want? And he says, Achai, I'm looking for my brothers. And that's all he wanted. He wanted to belong. He wanted to be part of his brother, part of the brotherhood. He didn't want to keep being separated. But, what does it say? When he approached them, the Pasuk says that the brothers spoke to each other and said, the dreamer, not my brother's coming, the dreamer's coming, let's kill him. So he definitely was not accepted by the brothers. He comes down to Mitzrayim. Finally, his brothers show up. What does the Pusik say? He recognized them, and they don't recognize him. So once again, here you have this kid who wants to belong, and he's just being separated. The, the girl that's not being invited to all the Shabbosim at the friend's house, the girl that's not included in the school play, the girl that's left out. And really what she wants? If you if the Malach asked her, What do you want? I don't care about my, my marks. I want I want to 
I want to be one of the girls. I, I want to be part of the group. That's what he told the mach, and that's all he wanted. So now his brothers show up, and what do they do? Look at the pusset. They bow down, pamayim, twice. And Yosef's like, ha-ha, I had two dreams that they were going to bow down to me. My dreams just came true. They said, I'm a Novi Sheker. They said, I'm a liar. And therefore, I'm a Chayim Misa. Novi Sheker's Chayim Misa. Now, there's a proof that I'm not a Novi Sheker. I'm saying the MS. They bow down. The Nevius is true. So, let them recognize me. And who are they looking at? I came up with a beautiful shot that I said last night. Who are they looking at? It says that when Yosef went to the window, to open the window when, when he was in Potiphar's wife, so it says he saw the, he saw the picture of his father. It wasn't the picture of his father. Where he, it wasn't a magic, sh- magic show with a ghost coming to the window. Hi, Yosef, don't do this, right? That's not what happened. The Medjur says that when he looked in the window, he saw a reflection of himself. And he looked exactly like his father. That we know. So when he saw a reflection of himself, he said, oh my goodness, I'm my father's son. How can I do this? And my grandfather was Yitzchak. And my great-grandfather is Avram. And I'm, my genetics come from them. How can I do what I just wanted to do? Boom, that was it. That's when he ran out. So he looked exactly like his father. And I, I don't know why, how this shot makes sense, but as a kid growing up, they asked the question, how come they didn't recognize Yosef? And they said, because when he left them, he didn't have a beard. He was 17. He was clean-shaven. Now, he had a beard. So I'm like, it's just the opposite. Because if he looked like his father when he was 17, he didn't look like his father. Because when he was 17, he didn't have a beard. And Yaakov surely had a beard, right? Now, he had a beard. So when they when they walked up in front of him, they should have said, uh-oh, there's only one person that looks like our father and is much younger than our father. We just bowed down to Yosef. We were wrong with everything we thought that he was a Navi Shaker. And the Pasik says in Pasha's Mikes, he recognized them. They didn't recognize him. He's sitting there figuring, no, come on, guys. They didn't recognize him at all. And then he tried to teach him a lesson, and he, and he accused them falsely, hoping that they would figure that out, that that's Chesha Bikshayim, so that they would do tshuva, they would realize, why, why, is, he, why is this king Chesha Bikshayim? Because we were Chesha Bikshayim, they would do tshuva. That didn't work. Yehuda said, you know, we sinned, brothers, and Yosef was very happy when he heard that. Oh, now they're going to do tshuva, and he said, you know what our sin was? We didn't have pity on him. When he begged for mercy, he's like, oh man, I set this whole thing up, and you guys don't get it? Okay, I'm going to steal the cup. I'm going to make them steal the cup again, Christ should be sharing. What did you hear to say? Aha! We thought this whole thing was happening because we sold Yosef. But now this king is punishing Binyamin. Binyamin wasn't in that whole parsha. Must be that the king is an anti-Semite. Has nothing to do with you. He's like, oh my goodness, it's getting worse. So he couldn't control himself. So he said, I'm Yosef, I'll didn't you worry about that? We spoke about this last week. So when I, when I was learning and I was preparing, it says, halumi panov. They became very scared from in front of him. Panov is a person's face. So halumi panov, they became very scared of his face because they looked at his face and they saw their father's face and they felt bad. How did we do this to our father? Mida kenegin mida. Okay. The point I want to make is as follows. Yosef broke his total nature. He broke his nature. And by Potiphar's wife, he broke his nature. And he broke his, na- his nature now. So what happened when they came to the Yamsuf? The Yamsuf said, I'm not splitting. I am not splitting. I don't care. My nature is water. I freeze. I have waves. But I don't split. 
I'm not splitting. I'm not breaking my nature. Moshe Rabbeinu, not for you, not for Aaron, not for all the Jews. I'm not breaking my nature. And then he saw the Aroinai Shel Yosef. He saw Yosef's coffin. When he saw Yosef's coffin, he said, that is the coffin of a man who broke his nature. And therefore, I have to split. So the last Pasuk of Pasha's Vayichi is the best Pasuk that ever happened in the whole Pasha. Because had Yosef not been buried in Mitzrayim, had he been buried in Eretz Yisrael, there would have been no coffin for the Yam to see. It would have been in Eretz Yisrael. So it wouldn't have split. So they would have been killed by the Mitzrayim. They would have never gotten to Eretz Yisrael. They would have never gotten to Torah. And the whole Barashas Barah, the whole reason that the world was created, was created only that we should get to Torah. So if there's no Arayna Shayyayseif, if they would have buried him in Israel, it would have never happened. So the best Pusik in the whole Pashas Barashas is they put him in an Aron, he died, and they buried him in Mitzrayim. Had they not put him in Aron. So therefore, the Medrash says, Ma Ra'a, what did they see? Aroinoi, the coffin of Yosef. And that's why the last Pusik tells us that he was buried in a coffin. Mida can I get Mida? So what, ladies, what looks like the worst thing in life, the worst Pusik in the book of Beratius, he died, they buried him, Mitzrayim, ugh, in a coffin, oh my gosh, how could this happen? Ended up being the best thing that ever happened to us. And that's what it means that Pashish Vayichi is stuma. What looks bad in your life ends up becoming the greatest thing. Yesterday, I had a tough day yesterday. And whatever the situation was, it was a tough situation. And, and I, I failed my test. I passed my test. My test was in myself. Halfway. The other half I failed. Whatever. Somebody sent me a text that was very upsetting. And I erased the text right away so I wouldn't know which girl sent that to me. That was great. That was big growth. But I, but I got angry. And that was no growth. I should not have been angry. But I got angry. So I had this whole test that I went through yesterday. And I wasn't very happy with how I passed it. But what came out of it is that I learned about myself things that I didn't know. I learned weaknesses and I learned strengths. So taking what happened yesterday and spending 24 hours on that situation and growing from it and learning from it is amazing. Had it not happened, the lessons that I learned from it would have never learned. So what you need to do when you go through stuff in life you need to take that stuff and turn it into this week's parsha. You need to turn it into a chazak, chazak, benis chazak. You need to take the bad stuff, the stuff that looks like b'yisim ba'arim b'mitzrayim. Oh my gosh, such a terrible thing. And you need to understand, Vayichi, it's stuma. I'm not going to know why this happened to me. I'm not going to know why I'm going through this. But l'maysa, chazak, chazak, benis chazak. I'm going to take the stuff that I'm going through in life. And I'm going to, I failed yesterday. I failed my test. I feel I failed my test. But I passed, and I hope I passed my lesson. I failed my test. Sounds a little English, kind of, but I failed my test, but I passed my lesson. Because I didn't just let it happen and walk away and say, oh, man, I can't believe she did this, she wrote this, whatever it was that happened. I sat and I worked on myself. Why did you get angry? Why couldn't you control yourself? Why didn't you just let it go? I, you did good that you erased the text so you don't know who sent it to you. But the next step you didn't take. So now... I'm preparing and trying to understand myself. Why did I get angry? Was it Gaiva? Like, how could you send me such a text? 
Was it lack of hakarasat tov on her part? What part of my reaction hurt me and bothered me? And that's what I have to work on. So from the stuff that you go through comes the chazak, chazak, and chazak. And that's the lesson that we need. To, we need is a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff. That's for sure. But don't give up. Don't read the pasuk and say, ay, 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 tragedy. Hashem, make sure that at the end of this pasuk, and that's why he didn't put it, pasuk Yud Gimel in the middle of the pasha, because at the end of this pasuk, right? And they buried him in Mitzrayim. Hashem forces us, because it's the last pasuk, to scream, chazak, chazak, when it's chazak. And that's what we need to take from this pasha stuma. So my bracha to everyone is that you should go home, I know it's a nice speech and everything, and go inside yourself and the stuff that you're angry about God and the stuff that you're angry at your parents, and I spoke to my girls about this also, at the end, Yosef Atzadik told them, don't worry, I'm not going to take revenge. And he, he spoke to them, he spoke to them, made them feel better and spoke to their heart. They sold him and in the end, he's making nice to them. That's who he was. He broke, he broke his nature. So he had the power, one man, not Moshe, not Aaron, no one. He broke the nature of the yam, and the yam split. So if a person, your mother-in-law screaming at you, your, your daughter screaming at you, whatever you're going through, if you're able to break your nature and not answer, you have the power to do Kriyas Yam stuff. And that's why it says if a person is embarrassed in public, and they don't answer, any bracha they give will come true. Why? Because a miracle... If you want a miracle, a miracle is the opposite of nature. A miracle is breaking nature. So how where do you dare, if someone has cancer, stage four, you get up to Hashem and say, I want a miracle. I want this person to wake up. It should all be gone. You want, to, you want me to break nature, Hashem says? Why do you do, what's the me that can I here? I understand, Tzul is very big, but what's the me that can I But a person who says, I got insulted. This person treats me rotten. And I didn't answer them back. Not only that, I'm Yosef. They hurt me, and I said, I'm sorry, and I love you, and I, and I took you down from where you were, by your nashik, he kissed them, and he hugged them, right? You're hurting me, and I'm kissing and hugging you? So I have a right to say to Hashem, time out. Time out. In the world of nature, this person is very sick, and probably not going to live. But I don't live in the world of nature, Hashem. I just broke nature. I have a right to ask God to break nature. If I break nature. And that's why a person who gets insulted, our natural instinct is to answer back. You get insulted in public and you don't answer, you just broke nature. You broke your nature. So any bracha you give, you could, someone who never had kids, I told you the story a few months ago, right? Gets a bracha from such a woman, she got pregnant. What do you mean she got pregnant? She went to this rebbe, that rebbe, she went to all over the place, she didn't get pregnant. Some girl got insulted in front of a wedding and didn't answer, so she has the power to make it. Yes, she broke nature. So maybe naturally this woman wasn't supposed to get pregnant. But in her world, there's no more natural. That's Yosef's avoida. Yosef's called the shayrish. He's called the yesoid. He's the foundation. Foundation, he broke himself. He broke his midos. By Potiphar's wife, he broke that he was a man, and she was after him in that way. But by his brothers, he broke his midos. He said, I feel sorry for you guys. Don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to feed your wives. I'm going to feed your children. I'm going to feed your animals. It's okay what you did. It was meant to be from Shammai. What are you doing, man? You know what I mean? Say you're sorry. No. No, he worked on himself. That he was able to break his own nature. And that's what the last Pusik says. They, they mummified him. They put him in a coffin. That coffin's going to save Klai Yisrael. That's the only reason it's split. Now, you can ask me, but that's not true, Rabbi Wallerstein. 
Didn't Nachshon jump in? Didn't Nachshon jump in? And the water went over his nose? And when the water went over his nose, that's when it split. What's that? What's that medrash? And the answer is, the medrash says, that the yam already said, I'm going to split. But even though the yam, it needed, it needed an action. There had to be, someone had to take an action. Yosef wasn't alive, he couldn't take an action. So the yam already said, I'll split, but somebody has to jump in first. And that was Nachshon. Nachshon jumped in first. Why did the yam, what, what did Nachshon did? Nachshon also went to get nature. The medrash said that the water went over his nose. Come on, Hashem. The water's up to his neck. You know, he's in it up to his neck. Split the yam. No. Because when the water went over his nose, in the world of nature, you can't live when water's over your nose. When water's up to here, you can live breathing through your nose. So he did the same thing that Yosef did. He went into the water and he said, I'm going to go and the water's going to be over my nose. I won't be able to breathe. And, and I'm going to break nature. I'm going to take the action. What? Leap of faith. Right. Leap of faith. But Yosef was even deeper than that. He worked on himself, and, and it's, it's amazing. If you see who he was, right, he was a special child. He was supposed to be treated better than everybody else. And he was treated that he wasn't, he wasn't until, until last week's parasha, where he kisses his brothers and he hugs his brothers, then they finally say, Vayidabru Elov Echov. And then his brothers started to speak to him, and he was, and he was, he was accepted as one of the brothers. And it was interesting, because Paro and the Mitzrim knew they knew that Yosef, as great as he was, had this huge void that he wasn't one of the brothers. They knew about this. So the Pusik says in last week's parasha that after the brothers said, We are your brothers, by Yishma Paro, Umitzrayim, they heard, and they were happy. Because they knew that you can make him king and you can give him all the money and all the power. He had all the money and all the power in the whole world. But if you're not accepted by your peers, if you're not accepted by your brothers, it's all worthless. So when Paro heard that finally his brothers accepted him as one of them, even the low-life Paro and the low-life Mitzrim were happy, says the Torah. And I think that's something that to bring Mashiach we need to work on. Because there are so many people that feel left out. That feel they don't belong. And they would give anything to belong. But they're just not accepted. And we as a Jewish people, we need to accept each other. Hasidish, Litvish, Sephardi, Ashkenazi, Reform, Conservative, Orthodox, not telling you to become Reform and, orth- and, and Conservative. But they're also Jews. And then one day, maybe they're going to do tshuva. And maybe they're going to come back. And if they come back and they do tshuva, they're on the same place in a bigger place than you are. Because it says where about tshuva stands, the biggest tzaddik can't stand. So, no, don't go to a conservative shul. No, don't go to a reform shul. But remember, they're still, they're still Jews. Unless they got married in, you know, interfaith, whatever it is, then they're not. But I'm saying they're still Jews. We as a nation can never make our brothers feel that they're not our brothers. Doesn't mean that you should go to a reform temple and you should do that. But the, the bottom line is if they're Jewish, they have a chance, ad yoy say, till the last second of their lives to come back to a Kurdish Baruch and there are so many, forget about reform and conservative, but so many orthodox from girls that are in school that because of the friends, because of the cliques, because of the groups, I know, they're depressed, they're hurting themselves because they feel they're just not accepted. What a terrible feeling for the finger on your hand to feel like it's a separate Bria than the rest of your body. 
the finger is not going to do well. Our bodies are all connected. Everything gets blood from the heart. The heart of Yisrael has to give blood to all, every Jew. Every Jew, the worst Jew. The worst Jew can become the best Jew. Rabbi Akiva became Rabbi Akiva when he was 40 years old. If, if we didn't, if Yisrael didn't accept him, then he would have never been Rabbi Akiva. We need to take down the separate... It doesn't mean hang out and chill with them and all that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But in your heart, you need to know when you look at that person, no matter how they're dressed in the street, no matter what, she's a Jew. She's still my sister. She may be wayward. She may be off. She may not be dressed the way she should be. The bottom line is, she could be a Rebetzin one day. She could be the mother of Mashiach one day. So, do I need to hang out with her? No, but I don't need to judge her and look down at her and walk away and go to the other side of the street. That is not going to make her come back to Klai Yisrael. Yesif HaTzadik, if you, if you take the time this Shabbos and read Pashas Vayechi, he talks to the brothers that wanted to kill him, that wanted to sell him, that put them in Potiphar's house, that put him in jail, in Paro's jail, that put him in Mitzrayim without a minion, without a yeshiva, just him and his kids amongst the worst people in the world. And instead of getting angry, and instead of taking revenge, he was the one that fed them, built them their city, took care of them, and said, don't worry, I love you. He accepted them. I believe that Vayichi is a parsha that ends Bereshis. It's a parsha of acceptance. It's a parsha of forgiveness. What greater way to end the book of Bereshis? Hashem created a world and He created man to end it with a man that represented acceptance, forgiveness, love, breaking his nature. There's no better way to end the, 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 the Parsha and the whole book of Bereshus. And therefore, and when we say that last word, so he was buried in Mitzrayim, but Chazak, Chazak, Chazak. He might have been buried in Mitzrayim, but he never forgot the love that he had for his brothers. Even to the last minute, he took care of them. And he was buried in Mitzrayim, and he told the Jews in this week's Pasha, you must swear to me that you won't leave me here. Now when you learn that, you're like, sure, he doesn't want to be left in the Nile. No. Because he knew that the only way that the Yam would split is if he's with them. So he did not ask to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. He said, I'm going to suffer in the Yam. And he suffered because the reason Yaakov didn't want to be buried in, in Mitzrayim and then taken up with the Jews is Kinim, the lice would be in his grave, but also all the Makas. He was in the Nile when the Makkah of Dom hit the Nile. His body was in the Nile. So he suffered with Dam. He suffered with Tzvardaya. But he said, I will stay in the Nile because that's who he was. I'm trying, I'm trying to be who the person is. You heard him, you heard him, you heard him, you heard him, you heard him. This is who he is. Even, don't take me to Israel. Because the only way that Yam is going to split is if you take my body. So I will lay in the Trium, dead in a coffin, in the Nile River, which they were serving as an avoid desire. All this filth and klipa, I will lay here until you leave, because I know that if you take me to Eretz Yisrael right now, you're not going to make it. Oh. Yosef HaTzadik. That's why he was called Yosef HaTzadik. We need to leave here tonight, and we need to take one point we need to, you really should take a Pasha, take Pasha by Yechi and just see what he, see what he's all about. And Pasha by Yigash, see what he was all about. And he was gorgeous. And he was rich. 
and he was powerful. And he didn't have any connection to any of it. He separated himself from all of it, and he told his brothers, you're not my slave. They said, we're your slaves. Dad's dead. We'll be your slaves. Slaves? I don't need you to be Slaves? I don't need you to be a slave. I know what it means to feel like a slave. You made me one. So now you think that I'm going to make you a slave? After I know what it feels like? No way. He said, look at the psukim. He says, you're not my slaves. I don't want any slaves. If we take this, if we take this, and we learn from this parsha, then we could walk away this week, Shabbos, with a chazak, chazak, v'nis chazay, and the next book is parsha Shemos. The next book is the Eilish Shemos B'nei Yisrael, who came to Mitzrayim, the beginning of the Golas. But if we can stop here, if we can stop here, and say chazak, chazak, v'nis chazay, then Be'ezrat Hashem, the Golas will stop. There'll be no Shemos Erebo. We're not going to be in Mitzrayim. It'll stop now. And what Yaakov wasn't able to tell us, Chishev, Legalis, and he wanted to tell when Mashiach is going to come. If we do that and we treat other Jews the way that Yosef treated his brothers, then we'll know the Kates without anybody telling us. Because we will be living with Mashiach. Amen. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.